Hello, I'm Lynn Wolf, and welcome to this edition of our Rural Lifestyle Dealer podcast series. We're talking with Andy Flint, Service Manager of Proven Power, for a Great Ideas series. This Wisconsin-based dealership is trying new ways to find employees. They are straightforward approaches that many dealers can also adapt to their own markets. The dealership has locations in Oconomowoc and Waukesha, Wisconsin, and carries John Deere, Steel, Honda Power Equipment, and numerous short lines. This podcast is brought to you by Yanmar. I encourage you to subscribe to this series, which is currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. You will then receive an alert about upcoming episodes when they are released. And thank you to Yanmar for bringing us this podcast. Don't settle for less when you can have more. Yanmar makes all its compact tractors major drivetrain components, the Yanmar engine, transmission, and axles all in-house. This means you and your customers get a hardworking machine with more usable horsepower, less power loss, and a smoother, more comfortable ride. Yanmar's tractors are designed to work as hard as you do for a lifetime. Strengthen your dealership with Yanmar today. Email them at agmarketing at yanmar.com or call 770-877-9894. Dealers tell us that finding good employees is the top issue they are most concerned about. Low unemployment rates and a dwindling pool of applicants with the necessary skill set means the problem is not going away. Proven Power has several recruiting strategies that are paying off for them, including seeking out veterans for their technical expertise, as well as those from outside the equipment industry who have a strong customer service background. Let's listen in as Andy Flint shares ideas. To get us started, can you explain a little bit about uh, Proven Power and your market and the lines you carry up in Wisconsin? Sure, absolutely. Um, Proven Power has been in business, uh, the corporate entity has been in business for a little over 20 years now. We just celebrated our 20-year anniversary with our store in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Um, So that was kind of the the first store that our owner uh, came up with, and he kind of grew it basically from him and one or two employees where he was kind of doing uh, some of the wrenching and and fixing equipment, then kind of doing the jack of all trades, master of none situation to the point now where we, uh, I think we're sort of between 50 and 55 employees, depending on what time of year uh, it is and who's on staff. So uh, with two stores now, so he's really grown, uh, grown quite a bit. And the primary lines that we carry are John Deere, steel, handheld equipment, um, Honda. Those are our big ones. Um, we probably have 15 or 20 other smaller lines that we deal with. And we are kind of in one, one of the last remaining John Deere small ag dealers. So the 6,000 series and below basically is kind of our market. But we really cater to a lot of the uh, like hobby farmers, and especially commercial customers. So commercial customers are one thing that we really go after and uh, try to kind of take care of those guys because that's not always a focus in the industry as much as we'd like to see it be. So we do have a lot of the homeowners, residential and things like that, and then um, still a decent amount of the actual agriculture business. But um, we are still considered small ag, so we're basically 6,000 series and below. So we're not the ones selling combines so much as selling uh, the smaller, the smaller items. Good. Yeah, that's a good background. And I know when we met recently at uh, Bob Clements boot camp, you had brought up one of the, the techniques that you're using at the store to deal with one of the big issues we hear from dealers all the time is in trying to serve your customers, you need to, you need employees and you need good employees. And that's just become such a, a big issue for 
for the market. And um, uh, first of all, can you kind of explain in terms of your employee base, you know, how it's broken out and it, with service service techs and parts and all of that? Right now, as far as on staff goes in the service department, we're, again, depending on the time of the year, somewhere between 11 and 12 employees, including counter staff and service uh, support. So we have uh, six technicians, um, two yard coordinators or shop coordinators that kind of keep things moving through the shop. Currently, we have two um, employees at the counter, and we're looking to uh, basically add on to that right now at this point and add another service writer um, and then we also have two pickup and delivery drivers and one kind of uh, part-time setup um, technician who to, who will come in and help us set up uh, new units during the peak volume um, in our parts department we have three counter staff with one shipping and receiving clerk as well and then in our sales department we have three full-time salesmen one of which is out on the road all the time really catering to those commercial customers so um, and then obviously we have our owner who's still active in the, the day-to-day operation um, as well and kind of floats between between the two stores. Um, our Economwalk store is a little bit smaller, um, but they still have the same amount of technicians. They're still running between five and six technicians, depending on uh, what time of year it is. Um, and they have four counter staff that kind of split the duties between uh, parts and service um, and uh, one shipping and receiving clerk. And then they have um, up there two sales staff uh, that are full-time salespeople. And our, our controller is also at that location. So we've got, uh, again, depending on the time of year, we can see our, our staff muster to somewhere on that 50-person mark. So we're kind of still the uh, the small business, but with big business uh, problems, uh, staffing obviously being one of the huge ones that we see as well. Well, in terms of that staffing then and, and uh, the needs throughout the year, can you explain how you've found employees in the past? What kind of um, techniques you've used, whether it's advertisements or referrals or just um, explain kind of what your plan has been. Sure. One of, one of the big avenues that we've been using has been the internet, obviously, um, and uh, mostly on Indeed.com. That's one website that we've been using and had some good had some good luck there. One kind of common theme that we've seen with uh, the folks on Indeed is I think that they're more so just applying just for the sake of applying as opposed to actually being serious about the position. So we're unfortunately probably only averaging maybe one out of three people actually shows up for an interview. <laughs> um, so it it's one way that we've been one avenue. Otherwise, on our Facebook page, try to run a little bit with uh, more of the social media aspect of it too. At least then we kind of hit a broader market as opposed to Indeed and some of those uh, job hunting websites where you're kind of a little more restricted based on what uh, uh, information you put into your job offering and it might not show up in, uh, in all the listings depending on what someone is searching. So we've really been trying to work too on optimizing our listings so we're trying to capture as much um, as much or as many of the people that might fit the industry but aren't in the industry. So um, other things that we've done is really uh, we're just talking to our employees, huge one to see if anyone knows someone. Uh, if, you're, if you've got good people, our thought is that hopefully they're you know hanging out with uh, with good people as well, so we've gotten some some good good uh, good staff. My brother actually is running our our Oconomowoc service department, so that was one uh, you know family uh, that member that actually ended up working out. You know they say uh, <laughs> don't usually want to work with family, but that one's worked out. And then uh, one of the newer things that we've really been focusing on too is. Um, uh, trying to find spots for our veterans. So we've, um, I happened to go to church actually with uh, uh, a gentleman who works at the Veterans Administration here in Milwaukee that places um, veterans with like a, a job that would actually fit their skill set.
set and um, and find a good home for him, basically, for kind of getting back into the civilian, um, civilian world. And even we've had veterans just apply basically on Indeed, too, and some of those uh, job, you know, job hunting websites, too. So we've had that kind of been a new thing that's coming up, too, uh, with us is, is hiring veterans. And uh, so far, it's been it's been working well. So in terms of the, um, well, let's back up and talk about what you had talked about optimizing on it indeed in Facebook. Is there something you're doing in terms of, you know, words you're using? Um, you know, are you listing compensation? Have, you know, what has worked in terms of what information to put on there since you do have limited space? Yeah, um, I do think that uh, putting the compensation on there is probably an important thing too. And then um, realizing that if you want good people, you're going to have to pay them for it. So, you know, if you're looking for someone uh, to be a service writer, for instance, or a technician, unfortunately, the uh, the old days of 10 bucks an hour, 12 bucks an hour is not going to cut it. So uh, we're trying to, especially with technicians, to realize that, uh, you know, if we can keep our technician wages, you know, roughly a third of our labor, we're, you know, we're in good shape there. But that old school mentality of finding technician for, you know, 10, 15 bucks an hour is probably not going to work and you're only going to get what you pay for. So, um, so that's one thing I think that compensation is important to put on there. We usually have a range, um, that way you're not, hopefully you're not scaring somebody away, but they're also, you're not going to have an inexperienced person coming in expecting a top wage either at that, uh, at that point. So, um, and with uh, regards to kind of optimizing, we're trying to use, uh, words instead of only searching for service writer, uh, we might put the word advisor in there or even put the word technician in, in there somewhere just so that you've got as many words that would maybe capture somebody from outside of our industry because um, maybe a service writer in the automotive industry would be a good fit or maybe the you know the waitress that you had last night um, at the restaurant might be a good fit. You know, all these different skill sets that work in the customer service. We're trying to kind of go out there and think a little bit outside, outside the box instead of just trying to find someone who's been in the industry for 15 years because those people are typically happy where they're at and they're well paid where they're at they've been there for that long. So um, we're kind of turning that leaf and realizing now that we're going to have to um, find some, some greenhorns and, and put some, invest some time and money into them. Um, but the, the glory of that is that we um, are able to kind of train them up the way that we want them to be trained and they don't have any habits that are not, not necessarily bad habits either. So we can kind of start from a clean slate, so to speak, as long as they've got that uh, customer service mindset where they want to take care of the customer. So um, it's definitely changing. Unfortunately, there's not as many people out there uh, looking for work these days. I think Wisconsin, I think we just dropped somewhere below or around 3% uh, unemployment rate. So um, they just announced that last week. So there are definitely, it's still a struggle to find people and we're having to get a little bit creative to uh, try to bring some people in the door. Yeah, definitely. That unemployment rate I had heard in, I think, New Hampshire, it's under 2%. So um, yeah, definitely a challenge. And then in terms of these, you know, with Indeed and Facebook, just the whole process is different than are you doing some qualifying just by email or, you know, through the uh, through Indeed before you spend time meeting with them in person? Or, or can you explain a little bit about how you're making that process work, especially with people not even showing up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, uh, that's one thing that's been a pain in the behind us for sure. Um, so uh, the first thing that we do uh, on anything is we put um, uh, requirements in there for the position or ask those questions, especially on Indeed, you can, or even on Facebook, you can put on there, is there any specific questions you'd like answered? 
Um, so we'll have, do you have uh, five years experience in the service in a service industry or related industry? We'll put questions like that in there. Um, for instance, we were hiring for um, uh, our shipping receiving clerk last year. We had put in there, do you uh, possess a fork truck license or certifications? Uh, things like that. So that way, right away, when they say no, it's like, okay, well, we're, we're not going to call this person right now, but maybe we'll earmark that for later. We, it kind of helps if you've got um, you know, 40 applications that come through in two days, you have to start somewhere whittling them down. So those questions can kind of at least let you chop off some of those extra applications that you know already are not going to fit into uh, in your business. So, um, so that's one thing is kind of having those, those prying questions of do you even have the minimum, the most important requirements for this position? Do you satisfy those? Because if you don't, then maybe that's not one that we want to talk about now, but it might be uh, something to talk about as you kind of whittle down the rest of the applicants. So those are those are big things definitely to put some questions in there to kind of quantify who you're looking for, what skills that they need to have, um, because we found that there's a lot of people that are probably just putting out or putting applications out there, I'm presuming, for uh, unemployment benefits and things of that nature. So um, we are getting a lot of, I, I'd probably call it spam, but at least if you have those questions, you can save yourself, <laughs> save yourself hours in the, app, or in the hiring process. Now, you had mentioned the idea of, of just finding somebody that has good customer service skills and, and impresses you. Have you found that person yet? They came from outside of the industry and you've been able to, to train them at your dealership or are you still looking for that kind of person? Yeah, we're, we're always looking. Um, we kind of have the, the phrase when people come in and ask if we're hiring, uh, you know, are you hiring? And we always say that we're always taking applications for good people. So um, I myself did not come from the industry. I actually was a chef before this. So I, I at least had the appreciation of the customer service aspect of things. Um, but I had little to no experience in, in this industry when I started seven years ago. So um, the service writer who works with me had no experience in this industry whatsoever. Um, our uh, One of our parts guys uh, who actually I would say is one of our best parts guys um, had no experience in this industry seven years ago. He and I both started together. So, um, so we're, we're definitely seeing that you got to be a little bit creative. And if you're willing to invest time in people that truly care about customer service and um, have an interest in your business, um, that's, that's huge. So, cause there is, unfortunately there is not just that perfect employee out there. Um, not as they stand, basically it's going to take some grooming. That might be a person that you, um, you know, you would never expect would be that person. But uh, if you've got the correct, baselines and just wanting to take care of the customer and having a drive and can, you know, show up to work on time and, and daily, you know, those are the people you need to invest your time and resources into. Well, that's interesting that um, that you came from outside the industry and, and way outside the industry. So what attracted you to um, going into the uh, rural equipment industry? Sure. Um, really, it was just a, uh, my uh, my mother used to be the, the bookkeeper at our dealership. So I um, she was just talking to me with the one day um, and it was right when the recession um, kind of went back or when the recession hit, I should say, in 2006. Um, and just uh, unfortunately, the restaurant that I was working at, we couldn't keep her afloat and I uh, was looking for looking for a job. I knew it was coming, so it was kind of a good time to transition over and ended up having a job for a service writer at that point at, uh, at our Oconomowoc location, and I uh, just kind of jumped at the opportunity and ended up just falling in love with mechanics. So I've always kind of uh, tinkered on the side and, and that sort of thing, but uh, just fell in love with mechanics. And then also, um, you know, our, our owner takes really good care of us. We couldn't ask for uh, a better a better person to work for, so that made life a whole heck of a lot easier, too. And um, I just enjoy basically the 
uh, especially the hard diagnostic situations where, you know, no one else can figure it out, you know, we're, we're going to figure it out. So I love those kind of situations. Um, those are the ones that really keep me going. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a lot of paperwork pushing and things like that, but uh, being able to, um, you know, help the customer through a difficult situation like that, that's really what I enjoy doing. And obviously it's way different than, than cooking, but uh, in the same token, we're still all serving the customer in one way or form, one way or uh, shape or form. And what were some of those things that when you said the you know owner takes uh, good care of your employees, what what are some of the things that um, that you find especially appealing uh, working at Proven Power? I think honestly the the biggest thing is just the fact that I mean we we all spend so much time together. I mean we spend more time with each other than we do with our family, and it's just little things like you know we'll grill out some days and you know and and cook for everybody. Or um, we didn't get to do it this last year because unfortunately our, the bowling alley we used to go to closed down. But uh, Thanksgiving uh, we've always gone bowling the night uh, before Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving Day, um, or we always have a Christmas party every year where we'll cook steaks on the grill or or do something like that. So it's just it's just little things like that, um, and then really he um, he does take care of us, you know, compensation wise too very well. So because he again understands the fact that you know it's not in this industry, and you know unfortunately you're not going to have highly skilled people for minimum wage. It's just not going to happen. So and um, so he's kind of uh, he's created an environment where we can where we can flourish. And then if there's the opportunity, um, you know, if he if he sees an employee. Pardon me. If he sees an employee that is excelling, then he kind of um, gives the opportunity to grow as well. So you know you're not locked into being the the shop coordinator or the or the yard uh, cleanup guy or gal or anything like that. You've got somewhere to go, um, and uh, if you do perform, then there's the the room for improvement. So you're not just stuck uh, at uh, the same old situation every day all day long. So it, it really you know we we have a blast. We all give each other a, a really hard time at work and everything like that. But it's all in good fun, and uh, and it is true enjoyable to be here. Great examples of what you need to do to, to keep good employees. We'll rejoin the discussion, but I did want to take a moment and again thank our sponsor, Yanmar, for making this program possible. Yanmar continuously strives to exceed customer expectations and deliver exceptional lifetime value. Visit them at yanmartractor.com backslash new dealer inquiry. So far in this podcast, Andy Flint has shared about his own experiences about joining the dealership after working as a chef and how his customer service skills transferred to the equipment industry. He also explained about how Facebook advertising has been a good source for finding applicants and the importance of using words like advisor in the ad instead of just industry words like service manager or service writer. Let's get back to the discussion and learn more about the dealership's outreach to veterans. And I wanted to just go back to the topic that you had mentioned and we had started out talking about was the idea of hiring veterans. And um, you said you had a contact with at the Veterans Administration. And so do you, um, in, in terms of hiring veterans, is it the, basically the same process where you might do a posting there or, or how, how do you go about that? Yeah, with uh, with talking with him, his name is Jim um, at the VA here in Milwaukee. Uh, basically, it was just more via email and just uh, and just sent him a, kind of a job description of what we were looking to fill, and then he was kind of keeping his eyes open for if he um, 
if he had any applicants that he knew would have the the skill set and the training that they had in the military um, that would translate directly over to our industry. So he kind of keeps his eyes open for us. Hey, I got you know this guy who's looking for this or this gal that's looking for this. And then if we have a spot at that point, great. Um, and if we don't, you know, then we'll kind of keep our eyes open for them in the future too. So, um, and uh, we've we've actually just had uh, kind of some good luck too with um, you know just word of mouth and things like that as well for people that uh, you know know of someone who's uh, back stateside and is coming out and looking for employment. Um, and kind of the word of mouth thing has kind of helped too. So you hire one vet, and obviously they know their brothers and sisters, so they're you know they're going to kind of set you up with more people if they know someone they would trust. So, so it's been a little bit of, of actually working with, um, with Jim at the VA. Um, at this point, I know that he's uh, kind of doesn't have anybody that fits our exact needs at this moment, but he's always watching for us too, kind of doing like a little bit of head hunting. And, um, otherwise, you know, when we see, when we see veterans, um, that are popping up on our resumes on Indeed or Facebook or wherever the uh, resumes or applications are coming from, uh, we kind of put those top of the pile, um, cause we feel it's, it's really, Really, really important for us to uh, to do our duty for those who uh, who went overseas and fought for us and uh, and serve us. So yeah, definitely. And have you hired any veterans yet, or you're you're still um, reviewing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have. We have. Um, we we have. I think in the last few years we've had. I got to think here. One, two, three. I think there's three currently right now. So um, uh, one was from, let's see, we had one from the Air Force a while back that he decided to do something different. But then right now we have um, two Army veterans, uh, one's a Vietnam veteran, um, one from uh, the Iraq War. And then we just hired, um, uh, I think it was three or four weeks ago, a technician who is a, who's a Marine. So uh, got out and is uh, now coming on board wrenching with us full time. So, so we've got three currently that are, that are active. Um, and then we had four probably the last year or so so and we've been uh, really lucky uh with the with the guys that we've gotten uh guys and girls that we've gotten so now is there anything in particular about what their skill set is that um you know maybe you have to um you know untrain or, or make them uh you know look, you know relearn in terms of what um you know the, the equipment that they're working on what can you give some examples to, for that sure yeah, exactly. There, there are a few positives and and maybe a few, a few negatives too, uh, depending on the individual and what their what their job was. You may have a, in this. I can't. This is not about any of our current staff because they don't fit this mold. But we've had a few in the past, otherwise too, that kind of had the. Uh, uh, I'm going to wait for orders until I'm given orders because um, obviously that's the way they're trained. Is you follow orders, there are no questions. So if they're not given an order, we might have some some downtime until we give them another task to perform. Um, but the staff that we have right now, there hasn't really been much that's uh, that's been needed to be untrained. The, the big thing is that if you tell them that you need something done, it gets done. Um, there's not the, that little bit of uh, flack thrown back at you when you ask them to do something. It's okay, no problem. You know, they. That's the nice thing about that. The military background is there. You know, they're trained to follow orders, and uh, and for the people that we've got on board now, they do. So, which is really nice. Not to, they don't they don't ask why. They just you know get the job done. So, um, and then I think you've got you know one or two kind of uh, people that that typically come out as well as either the ones that. Need need that direction or the ones that uh, kind of know how to stay busy and uh, you know they've been overseas you know bored out of their mind and they and they found something to keep them busy so in the same token they come back and you know come on board and then they're they're staying busy because they don't like being bored so <laughs> so that uh, we do we do see a little bit a little bit of that going both directions um, luckily we've been very very fortunate that the, the guys and gals that we've gotten 
um, have done their job well. And um, as far as, you know, untraining any bad habits, not, not really, you know, it's more that work ethic that gets kind of instilled in you in the military um, and, the, you know, following orders that's really, really beneficial. So you might have to train them up on a specific process or a specific set of orders you need them to do. But um, as far as anything to untrain, not, we've, we've been really lucky with what we've gotten so far. Yeah, and it sounds like you've hired then a variety of ages as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our, our setup uh, guy is kind of a part-timer that he comes in um, during our spring rush, and he's the he's the gentleman who uh, fought in, in uh, Vietnam. So, um, but he's still uh, just a, just as spry as any of the young guys that come on board, and he's a, he's a hoot to work with on top of it too. So, um, you know, again, that's another reason why we we enjoy it so much is seeing all these different backgrounds that everyone's got, and uh, kind of getting everybody to mesh together and have a good time. Excellent. Well. Is there anything else that you that you'd like to share with some other dealers in, t- in terms of what you've learned, some best practices, or anything that worked or didn't work, and the whole idea of of recruiting and, and hiring? Sure. Um, I think the the biggest thing, and we kind of talked about this again at that uh, at the. Bob Clements, um, management training and the hiring process portion too, that, um, you know, there's, you do have to be a little bit creative. I think these days, um, unfortunately coming out of, I think it might be changing a little bit now coming out of high school that a lot of kids aren't necessarily just, you know, going to say, I want to be a small engine mechanic when I grow up. That's just, unfortunately, it's not glamorous. It's not, uh, uh maybe not as, as nice sounding as being an, you know, an IT engineer or something like that, or software, you know, whatever, something to do with, uh, with technology. Um, and I think that might be changing a little bit now, now that a lot of folks have come out of high school and gone to college and realized that, holy cow, there's no jobs in my industry. And if there are, you know, they're maybe it's 12 or 14 bucks an hour. Well, these people that are coming out of high school, you can grab them young enough um, and train them up. You know, they can make good money, um, you know, probably more than what they'd <laughs> be able to make in in a, in a different field without necessarily having to have the student loan debt. So that's one other thing that we're really pushing on, too, is getting the, the young staff um, and then obviously veterans which we kind of covered. And then um, I guess just thinking outside the box as far as hiring goes, you know, the ad on Craigslist might've worked, you know, 10 years ago, but um, now, especially with unemployment rates low, we have to go out there and get people, um, you know, make me talking with the guy at the parts counter at, you know, Napa Auto Parts or AutoZone or something like that, or, or talking to the waitress you just had or anything like that. Anybody that gives out, you know, great customer service, we got to, we can't be unfortunately pigeonholing ourselves anymore into only, you know, stealing from other small engines dealers or ag dealers or what have you so uh, it's time time to get time to get creative basically so and then uh, another thing that I've seen too here recently just going through the hiring process is if uh, you know if you think you want to have final interviews with three or four people you probably almost need to send or need to call in and call out probably 25 or 30 applicants because we're seeing that only one out of three or one out of four people actually show up for their interviews too so so you probably need to go a little more broad spectrum with your hiring approach and if you're trying to hire one person you probably need to at least bring in, you know, six, seven, eight of them for interviews, so or at least attempt to. So you've got a, at least a decent uh, group of people to kind of hire from. Thank you again to Andy Flint of Proven Power for sharing st- success strategies regarding finding new employees with the right skills. Flint says young people may not be seeking careers at a dealership, but perceptions might be changing. He says kids are get- graduating from college and realizing there may not be any jobs in their industry, and they might only be earning $12 or $14 an hour. If we can find them young enough, we can train them, and they can make good money and not have a student loan debt. That's definitely a selling point for dealers' recruiting efforts. 
Again, we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, Yanwa, for helping make this Rural Lifestyle Dealer podcast series possible. And please share your feedback on today's program by emailing me at lwolf at lessetermedia.com or call me at 316-648-3717. Keep up on the latest rural equipment news and trends by registering online for our e-newsletter and be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Stay tuned for additional podcasts from our experts and from dealers. From all of us at Rural Lifestyle Dealer, I'm Lynn Wolf, and thanks for listening. 